0: And it is Denver Sports Tonight on this Tuesday night in the Mile High City. He's Jake Shapiro. I'm Will Peterson. We'll roll with you for the next hour. Good to be back on the show. Obviously, we were carrying a lot of games the last few weeks, but here we are. We are here. We will be here uh, all week outside of Thursday night because, of course, that is game night. Nuggets and Heat game one. Jake, man, did you feel like I did watching that game last night? Just the Nuggets are going to beat the brakes off either of these teams. For a Game
1: 7 with only three teams left dancing, that was not a well-played basketball game. I covered University of Colorado men's basketball for about a decade. Middle of third quarter of Game 6. By the way, I love Derek White. He, he's playing in that game. But middle of third quarter of Game 6, I just sit back and say out loud, huh, I'm watching a college basketball game right now. Mm. These teams suck. Like Will, they they. they I think they would have beaten the brakes off either team. I think you were looking at Boston maybe going 6 just because of the home court advantage that they would have had. But I didn't fear Boston. I think they were a better matchup in terms of, like, positionality than uh, the Heat were on the other side. But, like, this is obviously an opportune matchup for the Nuggets. You just said that this might be the easiest of the four matchups the Nuggets have had in the playoffs. I wouldn't go that far, but I understand where you're coming from. And after watching last night's game, I'm even more confident uh, that the Nuggets will beat the Heat and do it easily. I I will put a bow on something James said to us, our our boss, James Merlat privately. I was really upset that they lost game six, the Heat, because I really wanted the Nuggets to play the Heat. I thought that would give the Nuggets the best opportunity. And he said, you know, sometimes what appears to be the worst thing ends up being the best thing. And the fact that the Celtics and Heat had to go seven, Mm. the legs of those Heat players, Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, played 45 minutes last night. They flew straight into altitude where you don't recover. Man, that's a great break for the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what the Denver Nuggets did to to finally grace themselves to the basketball gods, but it, it's about time, right? Because they've had so much heartbreak through the years, so many bad breaks throughout the years. Their inability to get the ball in bounds in two thousand nine. Hopefully, we can finally stop talking about that forever. But man, them, the basketball gods are smiling on the Denver Nuggets now, Jake, because their road to the to a championship now, not just to the finals, is an eight seed Minnesota a four-seed Phoenix, a seven-seed L.A., and an eight-seed Miami. You're right. It went seven. Like, in a weird way, that series went about as well as it could have for the Nuggets. Like, if I had told you, you know, a week ago or ten days ago, hey, the Heat are going to win this, you'd say, of course, they're up 3-0. But, hey, Jake, it's going to take seven. You'd say, oh, okay, now you got my attention. Because, like you just said, they had to play 45 minutes last night. I mean, Miami could have been doing the thing Denver was doing the last week, just chilling. But they they shot themselves in the foot by losing Game 4, not showing up for Game 5, the buzzer beater in Game 6, and then finally doing it last night. I mean, you're right, man. Like, I, I can't think of a single thing, and we're knocking on all the wood,
1: that has gone wrong for the Nuggets in these playoffs. So the Nuggets, when they take the floor on Thursday, will be doing something they've never done before, obviously, in playing in NBA Finals. But in NBA history, they'll also be doing something that's never been done before, playing a Game 1 against an opponent who's lost three or four games. They've lost three of their last four games. Yeah, it is funny when you look at it that way. That's right. I mean,
0: yeah. To say Miami is scuffling going into this series may be a little bit of a strong word. But clearly the Celtics showed some flaws that the Heat have. And I I just think, I mean, we talked about at the end of the drive. You referenced it. Phoenix Suns are a better team than the Miami Heat. It's kind of funny, Jake, because you look at the Avs last year. Their second round, I maintain, was their toughest series. I agree with I, I you. I know Tampa yeah. was good, but I think St. Louis was a better team last year in round two. The Nuggets are following the same path. Their toughest series, and, and listen, they still got to play the games. I get that. But it looks like their toughest series on their way to their first ever title will be in round two.
1: I said coming into the playoffs that their toughest matchup would be Phoenix. I I thought they would ultimately get through Phoenix, and they did. But that series was not that competitive for a six-game series, yet it was the deepest series the Nuggets have played in thus far. Uh, I would be surprised if this coming series against Miami went six. I do think it's a more challenging series than Minnesota, but I think for a variety of reasons the Lakers series is about on par in terms of challenging with this series uh that's coming up against Miami. Mm, I, I, I Jimmy, That's Le- that's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't I don't think that he'd have players that well, I are think in Jimmy this- Butler is the best player in the Nuggets have played in the playoffs this year.
0: Oh. Oh I okay, I would disagree with you there in a big way. I would say he's the fifth best player
1: they've played in the playoffs this year. I would put LeBron A. D. Durant and Booker all ahead of Jimmy Butler. Booker's the only one I would say you could you could you could definitely put in front of him or you could reasonably, I could see it, but I I think Jimmy's been fantastic in these playoffs. The thing that the Nuggets have is they just have a better player than any other team's best player. Their second best player is better than any of the other team's second best player right now. And they have incredible depth. Uh, So yeah, when you talk about things going the Nuggets way, not only in the Eastern Conference Final, but you are going back to the start of the season when the Boston Celtics had the fallout with their last head coach, like, everything around the league, down to the trades at the deadline, the free agent signings, the drama on and off the court, including the Memphis Grizzlies, has broken the Nuggets' way. It's actually been um, hard to wrap your head around how, I don't know if divine's the right word, but, like, how just, just this path has opened for the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, and that's what kind of what I was getting at, is good things don't happen to the Denver Nuggets. No. Until the last... Until the last year. The really? Nuggets exist to be
1: beaten by the Los Angeles Lakers until this year. And they have
0: buried that. And yeah. they buried that in an emphatic way with their first ever sweep. So, yeah, it's like what alternate reality are we living in right now, Jake, where things are coming up positive for the Nuggets. It just it doesn't feel real because you've been a fan of this team for a long time. I've been a fan of this team for a long time. And even before I was born, I know the the legacy of things that happened to the Nuggets, things that went wrong. Uh James Merrill that's like a historian. He'll go through, you
1: know, guys falling down at bars and stuff like that. Like it it really is Dude, Every, I'm wearing an NBA Finals shirt right now that has a Nuggets logo on it. I know that just doesn't What happen. is that? What is, is that? Is this
0: real life? I uh, I feel like the kid in the uh I think after he gets his wisdom teeth out, right? And he's like he's all drugged up still so Is this real life? Like that's how I feel right now, man. Like we are in an era of Denver sports that is incredibly incredibly fortunate to be a fan of. Um obviously, I don't know if if you saw this Jake, but if people follow me on Twitter, hopefully they did, at Peterson will, the Avalanche and the Nuggets are the favorites to win next year's championships according to the oddsmakers. Um the Denver Broncos, I understand they're down, they're way down, but they still have Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. They're still pretty darn interesting. You they may say not that be like good. it's a good thing. They may not be good, but at least they're interesting. And then the Rockies have margaritas and a party deck. So, I mean, we got everything going for us right now in Denver sports, Jake. Uh, but in all seriousness, with this Nuggets team, and I know d getting a lot of, lot of heat on the text line for being cocky or whatever. I know Mike Evans was fairly
1: cocky this morning, too. If you are not going to be cocky about your team, if you're, if you're going to be cocky about your team at any time as a fan, this is the time. The Nuggets are 12-3 this postseason and are about to face an 8-seed. In the NBA finals. Yeah, it, and their three
0: losses are very explainable. One was in Minnesota in OT and the other two Devin Booker played out of his mind. And
1: they have home court advantage against the team they're nine and one against in the last ten years or the last uh five years. Like, if you were ever going to be cocky as a fan, it's right now today. I give you permission. Go get your heart broken by this team losing. It's not gonna happen. Like, be cocky. Start planning for the parade. Go go buy a lawn chair from Coleman. Like you're gonna need it next week. Uh, shout out Richie He said the video I'm talking about Is David after
0: Dentist Yes that was like a YouTube sensation Back when YouTube was in its infancy That's so his niche Yeah <laughs> It's right up Richie's alley David after Dentist uh, Yeah but But what I was getting at Was Mike's cocky d Max cocky I think Zach was a little cocky I think James was a little cocky He filled in today for Stoke I can't see the series Going more than five I, I just can't and, and honestly Jake I think there's a decent chance The Nuggets should bring their brooms With them to South Beach Because I think we we could be looking at at another sweep. And continuing the legacy of the tradition, the most championships in Denver have been won in Miami. There's been six total in the Big Four. Two of them in Miami, one in Santa Clara, one in San Diego, one in Tampa Bay, and one in Denver, Colorado. So I I think there's a very good chance the city of Denver may win its third title in Miami. Uh, What day would that be? June?
1: It would be Friday, June 9th. Friday, June June 9th is game four. Uh, And see you buffs in Miami. Orange Bowl. That happened as well. True. So if you want to throw them in there, then there's three titles that have been captured in Miami. So you're more of the
0: X's and O's basketball guy. And I, I can do that. But you you do it as well as anyone. Give me the X's and O's of how Miami can even be competitive with the Nuggets in this series. And maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on them. You know, they beat the Bucs. They beat the Celtics. I get it. Not going to give him much credit for beating the Knicks because the Knicks, you know, don't have a a single superstar on their team. But Jalen Brunson would like a word, sir. He was awesome. Point being, I think most people are impressed with beating Milwaukee and Boston, not so much with New York. But uh, give me the X's and O's. How
1: how do the Heat have any chance of, of stunning the Nuggets in this series? Well, the Heat, and we're given a lot of love to Jokic over Bam because of his size. And I do agree that that's a very advantageous matchup for the Nuggets. Bama DeBio is a four-time defensive player. Like he is a fantastic defender against everyone in the league that just doesn't happen to be named Nikola Jokic. Wait, what do you mean by four-time defensive? He's player? been on the All Defensive Team oh, four times. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and you've got Jimmy Butler, who's a six-time All-Star, who's also been, I think, on the All Defensive Team four or five times. He's a fantastic defender. The Heat can slow the game down and be very good on defense. And then the other thing that they've done incredibly well this postseason is they just had the best shooting series in terms of hitting open shots in the history of the NBA against the Boston Celtics, according to the uh, shot data, which only goes back, you know, probably 30, 40 years. So it's not all the way back. And then you have the other factor with the Miami Heat, which is they actually their shot quality has been last this postseason. They were the lowest scoring team in the NBA. And. In the regular season, they were not a good offense And their shot quality reflects that this postseason. However, they have the number one shot makes above their shot quality so far in this postseason. So if their hot shooting continues, they are going to hit shots they aren't supposed to and make life really hard on the Nuggets towards later on in the shot clock while slowing the game down and being good on defense. So instead... So you're telling me if they shoot the lights out, they have a puncher's chance. If they shoot the lights out and play incredible defense, you're talking about the Heat finding a way to get the game down to 101-99, you know, 103-105, where they can sneak a win that way. But again, you have to keep in mind... But a win. A win.
0: I don't think they can do that
1: four out of seven times. No, and and you just do the simple math of how are they getting to 120 because you need to get to 120. We've been saying all year to beat the Nuggets at Ball Arena. Okay, Jimmy's getting, you know, let's just say Jimmy gets 30, Caleb Martin gets 15, Gabe Vincent's getting 10, Bam's getting 15. Then what? It's going to be really hard to get to 120. So the Like like Duncan Robinson doesn't have me shaking in my boots over here. No, and and you're looking at it, and I'm just trying to say from the Heat's perspective, they're the number one three-point shooting team in this postseason. And they do a lot of little things well, and Eric Spolster is a fantastic coach, and I'm sure I'm not explaining what he's going to do, because I'm not sure what he's going to do. And the thing he did against Boston, which was really smart, is he put it in zone against that team, and they often play with one non-shooter on the floor. Well, with Denver, even Aaron Gordon's going to hit 35% of his corner threes, so... You can't really just put it into zone against the Nuggets because Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets have the sixth best offense against zone this year. They're really good against zone. So the things that Spolstra has pulled out of his bag in the last few series to get the heat to this point aren't going to work. But that's not to say that Spolstra is not going to have something else. He's the best coach in the NBA, and there's a reason for that. And there's a reason why this team full of guys that you're like, how are they here are here. It's because of Spolstra. He's a very, very good coach. Might might
0: be a hair hyperbolic to say he's the best in the NBA. Well, it's him and Popovich. Toss it up. Well, and Steve Kerr is in that conversation eh. as well. Eh, we're and eh, at four hey, four me, titles. He's third behind those two guys to me. All right, but you know, I I love you, Jake. But sometimes I got to keep you in line when you just throw out statements like Spolzer is the best coach in the NBA. Like it's just this is undisputed fact. There's I think this a lot is of his cool. eighth conference finals. Uh, yes, he's got a resume. Yeah, uh, he also coached Shaq and Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And Chris Bosh,
1: he's had some pretty good plays. LeBron tried to get him fired, and Pat Riley told LeBron to walk. That's how good Spolstra is. Yeah, that, that's a good point. If if even LeBron can't get you, because how many
0: coaches LeBron gun fired in his career? Ten, almost half the league. Yeah, yeah. seven, eight, nine, Man. ten. Um, all right. So if Miami can shoot the lights out, play some defense, maybe, maybe, maybe they can win a game or two. Um, in terms of the Nuggets. I think this time off is going to be good for them. I do. Because I don't think this is baseball, where it's a timing sport. And we always always talk about Rocktober and the Rockies looked out of a rhythm, this and that. But do you think that Denver's rotation will stick at seven in these finals? Because obviously Christian Brown was frozen out of the rotation against the Lakers in games three and four. That, That does worry me a tad. Again, that's why I think the time off for them is going to be great. But if this thing... Somehow, and I I don't envision it going this way, but if it somehow goes six
1: or seven, is a seven-man rotation too tight for Michael Malone? No, because there is two days rest after every single game in this series except for game three where there's only one day's rest. Um, So you are going to be able to get away with playing a a seven-and-a-half-man rotation. What I mean by that, Will, is you say Brown was frozen out in game three. He actually did play four minutes. He played his first stint, and in game three, Two against the Lakers. Reggie Jackson threw in two minutes and Christian Brown threw in like five or six. So I think what you're going to see is not a true eighth man, but you're going to see, you know, whether it's Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, DeAndre uh, Jordan, or even Peyton Watson, just get in there for like two minutes. And it's not going to be a lot, but it's just going to give uh, someone a blow and to give the Heat a different look. I think you're going to be able to get away with that pretty easily, actually, in this series. And you talk about the rest versus Russ thing. I'm totally... With you and saying this is nothing like October in the 2007 Rockies. In fact, teams that have five or more days of rest coming into an NBA Finals against a team who just played a seven-game series—they're eight and one in Game One. Here's Michael Malone on how the Nuggets have handled this
0: layoff.
2: Yesterday we took off, but the uh, all the practices leading into yesterday were about us, with a, a real heavy emphasis on conditioning pace, purpose, and and just working on all the things that we need to. And then today, we started working on things that both Miami and uh, and Boston kind of...
0: Uh... Alright, so obviously that was from yesterday, yesterday, not today, because he didn't know the opponent yet. But you, you heard what he said there, and I loved it. They worked on conditioning, staying in shape, getting up and down the court. I mean, listen, there's only so many pickup games you can play before you're just kind of sick of that, kind of over that. But... There's no reason to think, especially in Game 1 and maybe even in Game 2, Jake, that the Nuggets just can't run the heat out of the building. The heat looked exhausted last night in Boston, and the Nuggets should be fresh.
1: I I think they could win Game 1 by 20, 25 points. I really do. Yeah, that spread on the Boston game, by the way, was minus 8.5 last night, and that didn't work out well for the Celtics. So uh, just... A reminder not to maybe necessarily bite all the way in on eight because that's a lot of points. But I think the Nuggets should have a pretty easy time with the Heat. And you have to keep in mind that Jamal and Nicola got tired at points in the Lakers series towards the end of games. You could also make the case that Nicola and Jamal are the two best athletes I've ever seen play through fatigue. It's just absolutely phenomenal what they can do while they're out of breath. So yes, I agree with you that they're going to struggle against this Nuggets train that is just inevitable and just continues to roll, and they have that stamina, they have that conditioning, they've been sitting at altitude for 10 days, yes, they're working out, but they're not really expending their energy, I mean, Will, I I talked to these guys today, Thomas Bryan is being bam out of bio in practice. Like, if you're not right. getting a real fair representation in game workouts. The old scout team thing. Right. Yeah. So what you're realistically doing is you're just running up the floor and putting up shots to continue to uh, keep your timing. So... Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about where the Nuggets conditioning is. I would worry about the Heat's conditioning. Their big X factor uh, in this series are guys like Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin. Their wild card in this series is Tyler Hero, who scored 20 points per game, and they could really use those 20 points per game, Will. The problem is Tyler Hero hasn't played since game one of the postseason where he broke his hand. It's his shooting hand, so he might have the legs under him, but he's going to be two months removed from being in an NBA game. So uh, that's going to be very yeah, tough. Just throwing him back in the NBA Finals, I, I understand he's a great
0: player and Hero's their second best scorer, and they, they're obviously going to play him if they can, but to just say hey, you
1: haven't played competitive basketball in two months, go shine in the NBA Finals, that's a big ask of anyone. And here's a stat that just shows you how much of a time span the Nuggets have been on this role for and in how long Hero's been out. When's the last time the Nuggets lost a game? That would be against the Phoenix Suns in game four. That was May 7th. Wow. The Nuggets' first road game in the series, June 7th. So the Nuggets very possibly are going to go over a month without losing a game in the middle of a playoff run.
0: Wow. That's nuts. And it goes to show you, Jake, because the the schedule is ridiculous. So many two-day off gaps. Um, Only one is between games three and four that it's not. I mean, there's going to be a stretch, Jake, by, you know, next, I, I don't know, next Tuesday, let's call it. They'll have played two games in a span of, like, 20 days between all the time off they've had uh, uh, after sweeping the Lakers and then, again, the NBA trying to drag this thing out as long as they can with all these two-day breaks. There is going to be a stretch where they will have played two games, like I said, in,
1: in about—20 may be high, but about 16 to 17 it, days. And it's funny because I pointed this out in our uh, one of our staff meetings. I was like, there's a potential the Nuggets only play— Six, seven games in the month of May, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They only played nine games in the entire month, and of they would they would only played seven if Devin Booker wasn't shooting eighty
0: percent. Right. So yeah your your guess was pretty your guess was correct there, uh,
1: or for the most part it was correct because I was like what are we gonna do about content guys and they're like ah you know we're all like ah we'll we'll worry about it when we come to it I'm like we're gonna have to worry about it. Yeah, we haven't been short of uh, No, we've been good either. on denversports.com. There, I'm been, just saying this team's rolling,
0: man. There's been plenty to talk about, plenty to write about. Where do you check in on the everyone is starting to give the Nuggets their flowers. Like how how do you check in on hey, people Kendrick Perkins is actually saying nice things about the Nuggets now. No one's laughing at the Nuggets anymore. Everyone's picking the Nuggets to win the finals. Are you a forgiving personality or have all the sins that we've outlined between Mark Jackson and Lisa Salters and Brian Windhorse and Chris Mannix? You just kind of over it. Like I, I, I don't, I don't
1: really care if any national person gives us gives us any love. I'm kind of where I don't care because the goalposts are just going to keep moving. As soon as Jokic and the Nuggets do this, it's going to be oh he needs to do another so he can be the best big man in the NBA today or some nonsense narrative or he needs another one to prove that he's better than Giannis at the end of the day. Um, which, by the way, will be a really interesting duo atop the league—a little Magic Bird-esque uh, of Giannis and Jokic. Who's the best player? It's totally Jokic right now, but they're going to be fighting for for those legacies, which will be fun. But man, like, who who cares what these people have to say? That the the goalposts have been constantly moving on these guys. They clearly didn't want to pay attention to the Nuggets when they were already the best team in the NBA for a long stretch of the season. And then they're going to jump on now, pretending like, oh, the Nuggets weren't going to lose to the Wolves in, in the first round, like a bunch of them had picked. So uh, whatever's clever with them is kind of where I'm at. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see a lot of these guys tomorrow at media day, particularly interact with a bunch of the players that they've said some really nasty things about. And I know the Nuggets organization isn't happy with a lot of the guys that work at that four letter network. Uh, so, yeah, man, I wouldn't care what any of these people say. I wouldn't care what any of these people pick. The TNT guys had this nailed. Sadly, we are not going to have the TNT guys broadcasting this series. Yeah,
0: Chuck did say he's coming to the mile high and he wants to play golf with Peyton Manning. We'll have to see if that happens in the next few days. But you're right, we won't be seeing Chuck on TV anymore, at least not in his usual TNT roles. All these games will be on ABC. It'll be the same crew that did the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Real quick, you mentioned media day tomorrow. Is this the one that like Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel
1: Live's at? Oh, You know I'll be out there with a bunch of people. Uh, doing the silly things, asking the questions, you know, air fryer, conventional oven. What do you use? I know, but those Guillermo say, have you seen those before? They're great. They're funny. They're they're very funny. He said some things to Steve Kerr last year that I can't say on a microphone. Yes, because he was talking about the three-peat. Yes. But he used a different word. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he said, how do you feel about...
0: A trio trio is nice, Will. Yeah, a different kind of thing. Uh, And Steve Kerr actually played it off pretty well credit to steve kerr the best coach in the nba you see how i just slipped that in
1: there like it's fact yeah, it's it's yeah. the uh, if you say it confidently enough no one will care yeah, but yeah there you go yeah, there you, you go i didn't say anything of that. yeah you he go
0: mastered the art of that all right coming up next we did hear from some of the nuggets players today and we have some great sound from aaron gordon we'll get to that plus what's going on in bronco land well there's still some more kicker news all right, rolling along here on a Tuesday. He's Jake Shapiro. I'm Will Peterson. We'll be with you for another half hour or so. Uh, Jake, you were down there today at Ball Arena. We heard from Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Michael Malone. Here's Aaron Gordon on the respect level for Miami.
2: We got the utmost respect for them. Um, they fight and they scrap and they have no quitting. They play through 48 minutes a game um, and more if necessary. Um Uh, They play fearless. They play uh, disciplined. uh, They're well coached. um, And have some guys that have been there before. And have some guys that have uh, chips on their shoulder. So, um, you know, we're not looking at the the seating or or the story around it. You know, this is a a very talented um, basketball team, professional basketball team. And um, all those guys over there got game. So we respect it.
0: Shout out Michael Malone, the Nuggets PR team coach, and Aaron Gordon up before that press conference because he said all the right things there, Jake. That was 42 seconds of heaping praise on Miami, no bulletin board material, not looking at the seed, guys got chips on their shoulders, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, Malone said today it was going to be the biggest test of their lives. Okay, I, I like the Nuggets saying the right things,
1: but I'm not so sure that deep down they really believe that. Do you believe that? Yes, I do. I I don't know that they realistically think that the Heat are their toughest opponent, but I think that they realize that the challenge of not getting ahead of themselves and being excited and enjoying this and yet having that championship medal is a very big challenge. So I don't think that we are talking about the same things when we say, what is the challenge here? Is it the Heat? Um, But I do think from their brain... It's like this is the final boss of everything I've worked to in my life to accomplish this ring. So while this team might not actually be the best one I have played, to me, this is the toughest challenge because it is the last and it represents the finishing of this journey. Aaron Gordon guard Jimmy Butler in this series? Yeah, mostly.
0: Yeah. And I think, well, here, let's hear from Aaron on that.
2: Um, Well, we have uh, player personnel sheets and booklets, essentially, that we can uh, go through and study players' tendencies, where their strengths are, um, what they like to get to, how they're most effective, and then I just kind of go through that. um, Treat it like Bible for the next couple of days. And... uh, You know, just stick to
0: the script. Treating his scouting report like a Bible the next couple of days. Obviously, you outlined in the first segment, Jimmy's been great in these playoffs. No one's going to disagree with that. I don't think Jimmy Butler's as good a player as LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, maybe Anthony Davis as well. You certainly do. How, in your eyes, can Gordon bother him the most in this series? Because if Jimmy's not scoring, Jake, you kind of went through it. He just can't score a lot of points unless Jimmy's putting up a big number. So if AG can hold him in the the low 20s or, you know, if we want to get greedy, the high teens, he may only score 80, 85 points on any given night.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, The game he didn't play in, the Heat lost. The game he had his lowest scoring total, 14 points, the Heat lost. The games he only scored 19 and 24 in, the Heat lost. They won once when he scored 16 in these playoffs, but they've only won one, they, they've only actually lost twice when he scored 25 or more, whereas they've lost four times when he scored 24 or less. Seems so, like a pretty easy line in the sand. Hold Jimmy right. under 24, the Heat are going to lose. Right, and I, I think that number actually can have some more margin for error with the Nuggets, but you look at it with Jimmy Butler, and he's a 22-point-per-game score in the regular season. He's up to 28.5 in the postseason. Well, going back to the finals a couple of years ago, and I know I'm just throwing out numbers right now, but he's twenty six point two points per game, eight rebounds and ten assists in that finals against the Lakers. So he has an that ability. Was the bubble? Yes, yes. Okay. He has an ability to turn up his game, just like he has in the postseason from the regular season. From the postseason to the finals. So that's what concerns me a little bit. But how Aaron Gordon is going to stop him is going to be a five man effort. And what's a little bit interesting here is you can run your defense very similarly to how the Nuggets did against the Suns because Butler is this all encompassing player but he's also not the biggest three-point shooter. So like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who are great shooters but don't love to shoot threes, you can kind of force him to take tough two-pointers. And by the way, you're going to have some roaming help even more so because DeAndre Ayton at least is a somewhat threat from three. Bam Adebayo does not shoot threes at all. So you're going to have Jokic roaming a little bit on the block, so you're going to make Jimmy Butler's life really challenging. The other issue here, though, for the Nuggets is you really can't help off their secondary shooters. Their secondary shooters are better than any of the teams that they've faced so far, at least how they're performing right now. Kayla Martin, uh, Gabe Vincent, Max Struz, Duncan Robinson. Uh, they are. Tyler shooting, Hero, if he plays. Yeah, they're shooting the heck out of the ball. So you're not going to have as much rotational help from the Nuggets. So you wonder what's the fine line of being aggressive and trapping Jimmy, but also. Not helping too much off of these guys who can get hot, as we've seen against these Eastern Conference foes.
0: Yeah, and that's a valid concern. I mean, we talked about that a little bit. That if the Heat shoot the lights out, then then maybe they can keep up with Denver in this series. There just isn't, there isn't that. And I'm not. I I, I really do respect Jimmy, but there just isn't that opponent staring you in the eyes, Jake. That to me feels like Michael Malone's losing sleep over. There's no. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, LeBron James, no Giannis, no Jason Tatum. Heck, not even a Joel Embiid. And maybe I'm sleeping on Jimmy and we'll revisit this conversation in 2 weeks. But there's just he's a very very good player. To me he's not a great player. And again, maybe I'll maybe I'll eat my words on that um because Jimmy Butler goes off and steals this series from Miami. You're tempting
1: fate, dude. Jimmy's unbelievable. He's been the third best player in these playoffs I I think he's been the second but according to most statistics, advanced statistics, he's been the third best player in these okay, playoffs. Okay, well then
0: why does the guy always change teams? Why is he not a household name? Why has he been on the Bulls, in the Timberwolves, in the 76ers,
1: in the Heat? I mean, if he was this good, someone would have locked him down for a long yeah, time. I can I can tell you why. All right. I can go through it. The Bulls drafted him, found a gem. And then they thought, this is all we can get out of this gem. And they traded him for Zach Levine, who had won a dunk contest at that point. was a young guard. They thought he could, they could get something better. So a horrible trade. Horrible GMs, okay? Minnesota, he ran his way out of there because he thought it was a losing culture. That was him. He gets his way to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia realizes that Jimmy and Ben Simmons are going to feud. So they realized they needed to make a decision. And their decision was, we can either keep Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris— Or we can trade Ben Simmons and dump Tobias Harris and keep Jimmy. They made the wrong decision. Miami gets him with no cap space, by the way, on a sign and trade with Josh Richardson. And they've never looked back. You could make the case already today that Jimmy Butler is the second or third greatest player in Heat history. It's Dwayne Wade and LeBron. And then you're you're getting Shaq. Yeah, but he wasn't there for that long. And Jimmy's already led them to two finals. So, I mean, we're talking about Alonzo Mourning, you know, Udonis Haslam has to be in this conversation just because he's been there for so long and he's had so much success. But, man, like, Jimmy's been fantastic. So, he has found the right situation, and, yes, he rubs on people. The ending in Miami is not going to be pretty. In fact, last year, he got in a fight on the bench with Eric Spolstra. Mm. That's how this team is. Okay, but but I think you're kind of making my point here because if –
0: the Bucks are never letting Giannis get away. The Sixers are never letting Embiid get away. The Nuggets are never letting Jokic get away. So why did it take till a fourth team? For is it all just bad GMs, or is Jimmy Butler not in the same conversation as some of those other guys? This is what I'm getting at
1: here. Well, it took him a while to get here, and it's it's a real underdog story that he is actually here because he has not been one of those guys. And that has been uh, a bad narrative by most of the people that watch and follow basketball. He has been one of the 10 best players in basketball the last four or five years.
0: Well, then the Timberwolves, Bulls, and 76ers
1: just don't know what they're
0: doing.
1: I I guess I I can attest to it as, uh, as people in my family who are lifelong Bulls fans. The Bulls have no idea what they're doing. And now they do, because they've got a good GM, a former Nugget guy. But they had no idea what they were doing in the Gar Foreman, John Paxson era. And the Timberwolves, they, they chose young talent, and so did the Sixers over him. But Butler's a fantastic player, and uh, it, it's going to take a lot to slow him down. I'm more interested in the fact that, you know, Bam Adebayo, Really good defender But he's he's not a guy Who scores 20 points Per game in the playoffs He just can't get He's not a score. He's not an offensive threat He couldn't threat. make anything Last night So the second best player In all these series That the Nuggets have faced Anthony Edwards Maybe the first best But it's Carl Anthony Towns Anthony Edwards Pick your one Yep Second best player In the Suns series Was Kevin Durant For the Suns First yep. was Devin Booker Second best ser- player In the, the Lakers series Was Anthony Davis We're talking about Household names And really really good players Versus They might get Tyler Hero back And then it's Caleb Martin, who anyone in the NBA could have had two years ago. So, and then on top of that, by the way, and Aaron Gordon brought up this amazing point. Um, He was their best perimeter defender last year against guys like Damian Lillard, Seth Curry. He is going to be on Jimmy Butler because the Nuggets have Bruce Brown and KCP. They can run Gabe Vincent and Tyler Hero if he comes back in Masters. Mm, So, it, it just, the Nuggets are a different team. And uh, I think there needs to be a lot of respect for Jimmy Butler and also Bam Adebayo, but this is just an amazing matchup for Denver.
0: All right, coming up next, we're going to put a bow on the Nuggets conversation, but also Brandon McManus met with the media today in his new home with Jacksonville. And let's be honest, he took a little bit of a shot at the Broncos. All right, final segment of the show. A lot of good feedback on the Ramoslotcom Text line 303 1043 if you want to get involved in the conversation. Uh, a lot of people saying... Well, I like this one. Jimmy is only great if you're talking bleep to him. That's from the seven four five two. Well, Bruce Brown might do that. I was going to say let, let's not get under Jimmy's skin because uh, it worked on D'Angelo Russell because he's just cooked. Uh, but I don't think we should do that. Harry he might or... be putting shots up before Game One of the NBA Finals. <laughs> Man, that Stephen A. Smith went on. I know you were out in LA, so you didn't you didn't get to watch the pregame coverage. But Stephen A. just roasted D'Angelo Russell. I mean, remember, like, what,
1: like, two, three years ago, D'Angelo Russell was thought of as, like, a very good NBA player. He was an all-star and traded for Kevin Durant and also Andrew Wiggins. And now he's just like, you might be looking for a job next year. I, I know the Lakers want no part of him back. Yeah, in, in the middle class, in the new CBA is really going to squeeze guys like him. Um, I mean, we we can get into this show. I'm so sick of this Nuggets dynasty talk. By the way, like let's just get this one. Uh, the CBA you don't even want to look at what the CBA is going to do to this Nuggets roster. It's, no. Like it's not worth getting into right D- now. Different conversation yeah. for a different day.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jordan Jordan and Kobe were both bleeps, but demanded accountability in winning culture slash efforts. Jimmy is that lineage. That's from the eight five eight seven. Uh oof. man 8587 I I kind of see where you're going at here but to even put Jimmy Butler in the same
1: breath as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant sounds a little crazy to me. Riley Spolstra Jimmy has that same accountability thing that Kobe and and Jordan have. I totally agree.
0: Okay, but you're, you're literally talking about two of the five best players to ever play the game. 5. Oh, okay. And we're we're going to what do you, what's wrong with that statement? Kobe's not in the top 10 for me. Oh, okay. Well, I know you're an anti-Kobe guy. But oh. but Jimmy Butler is not in Jimmy Butler is not in the same breath. As no, Parker but that's Jeremy why Kobe you guy. compare
1: him to those guys. It's like he's got some shades of him. Jimmy's mid-range game, Jimmy's ability to talk bleep, his, his ability to play two-way game, you know, that that's similar to Jimmy and Kobe. It's it's that essence. It's not saying he's better, but he has that same leadership quality those guys have as well.
0: All right, all right. Well, you you read it a little differently than I did. So, again, I appreciate everyone texting 303 1043 uh, we got to get to some hot kicker news before we get out of here, Jake. <laughs> Brandon McManus today meets with the media for the first time down in Jacksonville, right? And our Andrew Mason was all over he it. He was, baby. Here's the quote from McManus that caught my attention Quote, everyone dreams of kicking game winning field goals, and it's great, but it's also better to be in the playoffs doing those things. Uh-huh. little bit, little, little baby shade back at the Broncos of like. I mean, McManus saw it as much as anyone. He was the last guy from Super Bowl 50. That's been well documented. He was here for all seven non-playoff seasons, six straight losing seasons. And he knows that Jacksonville gave the Chiefs arguably their best game of the playoffs last year. Obviously, the, the Super Bowl was super close. And I guess the AFC title game was too. But but the Jags were right there to beat the Chiefs, upset them in the divisional round. If a player two goes differently in that game... And I think Jacksonville is a legitimate Super Bowl contender because I think, I think that division's awful, Jake, the Texans stink, the Titans stink, the Colts are rebuilding. I mean, Jacksonville may win
1: 11, 12, 13 games, and McManus will be kicking in playoff games this year. He's right about that. Yeah, you're talking about home playoff games or potentially even a buy in the first round just because they're going to have so many easy wins in their division, uh, I think just in general in the AFC, you got to pound the unders on the win loss totals, and in the NFC, you're you're pounding overs just because of these conferences are so uneven. But that's the one exception um, in the AFC South is that that division is just bad. Yeah. Uh, but on McManus's point, it's like, dude, nobody, no, you didn't even kick meaningful field goals in games in Denver. Like you had one game winning field goal, I think, in Denver. Well, he had a couple game tires, but it's not like he was kicking like all these clutch field goals, and he had to choose between clutch field goals and and playoff games. Okay, but
0: but you are selling him a little short. He was he was great on the Super Bowl Fifty run. He was he was he was. He was I don't think he missed a kick in any of those three. Congrats! Games. It was a decade ago, uh, eight years ago. Yes, yeah. seven eight years ago. Yeah, gosh, that makes that makes us feel old, right? Um, "Quote: I'm just trying to bring my leadership and my tenure here to push us over the edge." That's another Brandon McManus quote today that he's gonna be the missing key piece. Not Trevor Lawrence continuing his ascension to a top ten QB in
1: the NFL, but Brandon McManus will get the Jacksonville Jaguars over the top. Yeah, Brandon McManus's vibe did not gel with the coaching staff here in Denver We're just putting two to two and two together.
0: I would I would venture to say that's a great guess. That McManus kind of did things McManus' way. We all saw at camp when he like showed up in the referee jersey and thinks it's hilarious. It's like did you you haven't want you, haven't you guys haven't had a winning season in seven years? no one really wants the kicker to come show up in the ref jersey like that sticks funny the year after you won the Super Bowl. Not all that funny, um but McManus was the only one left with jewelry so he could get away with whatever he wanted.
1: yeah, maybe just work on those drivers you know like golf yeah. drivers yeah just just go back to the golf course, buddy all right
0: well, Brandon McManus is officially in Jacksonville, and uh Jake. This is not breaking news. The Denver Broncos still don't have a kicker. That That's like, it's like one of those sneaky positions. Like, it's actually pretty darn important. Every and single, you probably need to figure that out.
1: Every single game in the NFL is decided by a possession. Yeah. Possessions are very easily won with just hitting three points rather than zero. So, yes, yes, it's very important that they find a good kicker, particularly when I think the Broncos are going to live on the thinnest margins this upcoming season. I'm telling you, I'm still on that Mason Crosby train. Oh, gosh. Bring the CU boy home. He did not look good last year. I love Mason, but he did not look good. Little altitude. That always injects a little life into the I, I love kicker. how that's always the solution. It's like, ah, oh, Dion, why aren't you getting the number one punter in the country to come play in Boulder? The altitude. It'll be awesome. The one thing I will say about Mason, he was something
0: like 25 of 26 from inside 40 yards last year. It was the long ones that he struggled with, hence why the
1: altitude would help. Yeah, I don't know if Russell Wilson's taking us inside the 25 much, but we'll see. Oh, man.
0: All right, well, he's one of the ones that is uh, still out there. We'll do this again tomorrow night, and then it's game one of the NBA Finals. The Nuggets in the Heat. Less than 48 hours, Denver. You've almost made it. For KJ, for Jake, I'm Will. It's Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station 104.3, The Fan. We can make
2: it if we try, just the two